Hello and welcome to Experience Share. It's a Pokemon podcast starring me, Metanger, Metang, aka Tanner Greenring, and my co-host Rayquazash. That's like a Carvana. <laughs> I'm gonna miss saying that all the time. AKA Joshua Fielstead. It's a Pokemon podcast wherein we play the Pokemon games gym by gym, week by week. We are closing out Gen 3. Well, the first game of Gen 3. Oh, spoiler alert. Because now we're in a territory where there's two games per gen. And some other games on the side, too. Yes. So, Joshua, we are. This is it. We're at the end of the. And so we've come to the end of the road. And it's the final episode of Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire. We've done it. We've beaten it. God, we did it. We finally fucking got off the sea and we we beat it. Found our, we found our, our... Washed up ashore. What's the opposite of sea legs? Land legs? <laughs> found our land legs again. Landlubbers, we're landlubbers. We're landlubbers. Joshua, we started our journey this week in, well, I don't know where we started it because we both kind of went on some wild tangents chasing waterfalls last week, but I started my journey in whatever cave Reggie Steele lives in. Oh, off Route 120. Yeah. I think that's who I did last as well. I was back relaxing in lily cove yeah it's a nice town beautiful spot with the department store and the museum beautiful little town yeah i flew joshua my way to um pacific log town (laughs) pacific log town and yeah that's where i flew as well surfed my way eastward to evergrande city and here we are joshua you come up to it on the sea, and the entrance is just a waterfall. So we'd stumbled across it when we were castaways at sea for several hours in the eighth episode. Oh, yeah. But we couldn't enter yet. Now that we have waterfall, you scale it, and you just you come to this beautiful scene. This verdant hill, this bucolic uh, hill, covered yes. in, in wildflowers and... and like whatever those gates are called in Japanese architecture and mythology that like I think spirits go through. Yeah. I don't have a guess. <laughs> Beautiful <laughs> ornate gates architecture. It's lovely up here. Yeah. And it's called Evergrande City even though there's no Evergrande. There's no city. <laughs> no. There's a Pokémon Center and the entrance to a cave. And that's it. Yeah, all you can do is heal your mon and say your prayers. Heal your mon, say your prayers, and enter Victory Road. Oh, man. I mean, Victory Road and all the games are pretty brutal and meandering and filled with high-level Pokemon. The annoying part about the Hoenn region Victory Road, I noticed, Josh, is a lot of the Pokemon have moves that like cut battles short. Yeah. Did you notice this? These Hariyamas with the Whirlwind. Hariyama with the Whirlwind. And that's the biggest boy with the most experience, too. And Laron with Roar. Oh, yeah. Good sound, though. Obviously, 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 everyone is going to be in Victory Road leveling their Pokemon. Why would you give them these, like, battle-ending moves? These wild Pokemon? Yeah. It's so annoying. It's so... God. It's so inconsiderate it's very inconsiderate on behalf of game freak and the pokemon company 
and I liked the selection of Pokemon, but because of the fact that oh, you God. you throw moves at them and then they blow you away or they scare you away with their beautiful mellifluous roar on the part of Liron. Yeah, so you're you're wasting your pee pee. Yeah, ex- that's exactly what I was going to say. And at this point, we're mostly running around with like, you know, 10 or 15 for most of my moves. That adds up. Yeah, sometimes five. And you want those Haroyamas because they were worth like 1,044 HP. That's how fucking long I spent in there. I think that was the exact amount they give. But that's the most. And they whirlwind you away probably two two times out of three. Yeah. I think like what's cool about it is like and annoying is the whole thing is like two layers. Every floor has a ground floor and then also has bridges and ladders and shit. But then there are other floors to it as well. And I didn't check this going into it. When I finally made it down to like the second floor, you have to use flash to get Uh, around. Yeah. And strength and rock smash. So then I had to go all the way back to the surface. I had to get out my Tropius, which fortunately can learn all of those moves. Yeah, Tropius is the real HM friend in this game. Yeah, Tropius is definitely. Except for the water moves, Tropius like learns all the other useful moves. That became a fucking problem for me too. Because when I finally cleared everything else, then I got to that part with the waterfalls. And then I was like, I need a waterfall Pokemon too. Yeah. I was like not as upset as I normally would have been because I did need to train my Mon. But I spent, I'd pretty confidently say like four hours in there. Yeah. Because I kept having to run all the way to the surface for one reason or another. It was a pretty hefty, hefty leg of Pokemon. Yeah, the victory road. It felt, it definitely felt like the most challenging victory road we've encountered thus far. Yeah, it felt like in Gen 1 where there's that one guy who sort of implies that people, like, die on their way. <laughs> I was like, I could see myself dying in here. They can't even recover the bodies. It's too it's too high up. They just let the bodies sit there. Yeah. But the thing is, so it was the most challenging victory road, but not in a fun way, in an aggravating no. way, which is, like, kind of the Hoenn story a little bit. Like... I really liked this game and had a lot of fun with it, but like so many little bits and pieces of this game just kind of aggravated me more than anything. It's like they just designed things to be annoying. Like yeah. the fact that there was all these paths you could go through on the Victory Road and get lost and all the Pokemon are like driving your Pokemon away. So you're just like eating through PP. It's just like, it's annoying. Right. Stop. Yeah. It's like the whole thing with every level is multiple levels and you're on bridges and shit and they all look the same. And if you leave a level, then like the boulders reset. And then it's just like, I was lost. I mean, it was similar. Everything looks the same. It's like the water. The last boulder puzzle had me stumped for a little while. I'll admit. (laughs) You've struggled with those boulders. The last one in this one, I was just like, God, I just can't wrap my head around this. And then finally it like clicked into place. But once you're through all the boulder puzzles, who's that? Who's that waiting for you at the end of the cave after all your Pokemon PP is depleted and they're all at like a quarter health? It's that green-haired sickly twink. (laughs) (laughs) Wally. (laughs) There he is. And he's, he's finally divested a little bit. God, he's finally got five Pokemon. I had to give him a little respete for that. Took him this long, but he's finally got enough Pokemon to call it a real team. And his Ralts is finally a Gardevoir. Yeah, level 45. He did it. That Ralts he's had since the very beginning of the game has finally made its final evolution. So 
Yeah. Well, I'm not going to lie. Wally gave me trouble, but it's just because I encountered him at the end of Victory Road and all my Pokemon were just like ragged. Right. Yeah. And he ambushes you. I was in a similar spot. I was not healed up. A couple of Pokemon were like paralyzed. Yeah. That's when he makes his move. Yeah. He's got an Altaria. And he's got a good team. Yeah. It's not a bad For what team. it is, it's pretty good. And also, like, with the exception of Magneton, a very attractive team. Oh, very fetching. Yes. Altaria is a good looking Pokemon. Bill Caddy with her little neck pillow. <laughs> Travel pillow. Yeah. And Rosalia with her. Oh, my God. With her hips. Hips. The hips that just don't quips. And then <laughs> Gardevoir, who's just like a sexy lady. And then Magneton for some reason. Yeah. Well, they, you know, they can't all be winners. I did best him eventually. I think I had to use a few potions and berries to recover some PP. Rest in petals. And I think, well, I know, I know that that's my last encounter with Wally. Although I think you can rematch him if you want. Oh, really? In the trainer's eyes thing? Yeah. I was clicking through his Bulbapedia page, and I think you can you can battle him again if you choose to. And that's it. That's Victory Road. Yeah. It's a, a long and winding journey full of annoying Pokemon, but then once you're at the end, it's you're here. The end game. You're in the Evergrande City. Evergrande City, which is just a building. <laughs> it's a bunch of those Japanese arches and a building. It looks like a multi-story building. What, what's going on with this bureaucracy? What are they doing on these other floors? Why does the Elite Four require so many offices and so much personnel? <laughs> it's all lawyers. They're just getting sued all the time. It's got to be like Umbrella Corp or something where there's like something else going on. You know, it's there's there's a front. The front is like, oh, come battle the Elite Four. But there's something secret going on under the surface. Like they're oh wow, pulling T-cells out of Deoxys to like turn humans into super soldiers. And it's going to go horribly wrong. I wouldn't put it past them. We had some creeps in this Elite Four, so I wouldn't put it past them. You go in, it's the typical Elite Four lobby setup where there's a Pokemon Center on one side and a Pokemon Mart on the other side. Yeah. At this point, like my Pokemon were pretty low level. They were like in the early 50s. I didn't really gain more than like a level on anyone in Victory Road, so I'm like 53. Yeah. Are we saying who we went in there with? We're going to battle. So we should say. Yeah, we should set up the episode. So Joshua and I are recording now on a Wednesday night, and we're going to talk about the narrative sections of this game. We're going to meet up again this weekend to battle and... Settle this. So we're going to hold off on doing level check until then, but we should probably talk about the teams we went into the Elite Four with. Yeah. They're all a little under-leveled right now, and come... Saturday and come you all bug catchers listening to this episode everyone will be level 60 but yes let me hear what team you went into the elite four battle with yeah we didn't want to go into the elite four totally over leveling them like we have for the past couple of gyms yeah but I would say the elite four especially because we were basically level equivalent pretty tough this time yeah they gave me trouble I went in with And can I guarantee that this will be my team on Saturday? No, I can't. Oh, wow. But who did I go in with? You know him. It's the Red Hot Chili Peppers. It's Tanner's least favorite band. Yeah. And it's his least favorite looking Pokemon. And leading him up is Chad Smith Exploud. I got to say this about Exploud. You love him now? I admire your commitment to the line. Having looked at Exploud every time I do the level check graphic each week. 
I think I've come around on. I don't think I. I still don't think I love. Um, Loudred. No, the, the first Wismer? one. Wismer. That's fair. But I think Loudred and Xploud are kind of cool, especially Xploud. I think Xploud is a cool design, and I like the idea of how many moves he can learn. Imagine if I took him off the list right now. Imagine what you would do. I would just scream Mayor Cheat, and I would probably have to take you to Pokemon Court, the Court of Public Opinion. Imagine. Imagine if I took him off the list. I won't, but... I've come around to the Xbloud line. I think it's cool. It's got like openings on its like horns. It's shooting. I just imagine it shooting flamethrowers and ice beams and shit out of everything. And I think it's cool. I think those are meant to be more like um, organ pipes. Its final move that it gets is hyper voice. It gets hyper voice and that's its like signature move. I don't think it gets it until after level 60. It's always surprising to me when Pokemon are still learning moves after level 60. Yeah, and uh, it would be fun to be able to use it. However, it is a physical attack. It's a normal move, so I wouldn't really get as much use out of it. But I think that's that makes sense because it blows out this horrifying screech, probably. Yeah. So, Xploud. Uh, then we have DH Peligro Flygon. I caught a lot of flack about Flygon being on the... Uh... Oh, you were on the wrong side of history there. The you make me barf list, but I stand by my assessment. I think Flygon is gross. It's like a disgusting little dragonfly. You double down. I don't like it. And I fought a shitload of them over the last few days because Drake has two of them. Even now, when there are so many dragon Pokemon, he loves them so much, he's got to have two. So I stand by that one. Then Jack... Irons, who I imagine you're standing by your judgment, slacking. Yeah, slacking's gross as hell. And then Fru Shanti, who I had to put a phonetic spelling down so I don't mess that up anymore because we know how to say it. Fru Shanti. Crobat. Crobat's still ugly. Also, a lot of Crobat defenders out there, but it's an ugly Pokemon, and I'm sorry. Honestly, was not very helpful in the Elite Four. I used him very sparingly. The type matchup was not useful. I had a few Pokemon like that, too. Like, Claydol just, like, was useless in the fucking Elite Four. I had similar a similar situation with Crobat and Slacking, honestly. Both not useful for the most part, Yeah, specifically with the Elite Four. They're obviously useful in competitive battles, but the types were not good, and Jack Irons uh, has all... Um, all normal moves at this at the moment. I wasn't willing to teach him Brick Break yet because I'm sort of like Ooh, figuring out where I want to use break. that TM. Ooh, Mwah. Brick Break it got me through the fucking Elite Four. Well, I was gonna use it on Blaziken, but then I was looking up Blaziken's move set, and Blaziken learns Sky Uppercut, which is also a fighting move and does more damage does 85 damage and he learns it at 57 so he's like i'm not wasting brick break because brick break's so good and a lot of them can learn brick it Brick is so good so i saved it brick break on heracross my heracross scaraban like got me through sydney and glacia like one hit every single time oh yeah just a lovely little move okay so we had blaziken i just said that tony and- Tonikidis, Blaziken, and then Dwayne McKnight, Ludicolo. Gross. Can't believe you've done this. Loving it. Also, 
Big response, bug catchers love Ludicolo. Ugh, why? It's so gross. I've come around. I also get it. No, it's so ishy. It's so ishy. This thing's a tank, man. I don't care about its stats. Look how ugly it is. I'd throw it out there against anyone. Look how ugly it is. It's like a pineapple with a duck bill and a sombrero. Howard the duck. Yeah. It sucks. It sucks to look at. I agree the design is kind of a mess, but uh, I've grown to love it. You said it. Stockholm Syndrome said that a few episodes ago. You did it to me. Yucky, 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 yucky. Mini Max. All right. Uh, what do you have? Because I think they're kind of gross at this point as yeah, well. Yeah, my, my team's a disaster. <laughs> Arguably more hideous than mine. Yeah, but Overall. that's not the point. The point wasn't to have a, a elite team of cuties. It was to have an elite team of S-type Pokemon, which I have. Right. Scaraban, my Heracross. That's a cutie, though. Scaraban was so useful. It was so easy to level her up to level 60, which is where she's at currently at, even though none of her Pokemon are there yet, because she was so wow. good in the Elite Four battle. She was so good against Sydney with the Dark-type Pokemon. I don't. I still don't know battle. I don't, I'm not very good at matchups, but like fighting is good against Dark. You got to study, yes, but yes. She was one-hitting every single one of Sydney's Pokemon, and I guess fighting is very good against Ice type because she was also one hitting all of Glacier's Pokemon. That's right. So good, Brick Break, love it. Uh, Stanislaus Swampert, just a powerhouse. He's got like a million hit points. He can withstand anything. Right. He's ground water, and I feel like ground is like surprisingly resilient to a lot of types too. I mean, I, we've talked about this a little. I do think rock is kind of trash, but I think ground is useful. Yeah. That's the same reason why, like, Flygon fucking rocks. Yeah. The dragon ground combo is very stalwart. The nice part about Swampert 2 is he still got Toxic, so it's like, if I'm ever struggling with a particular trainer or Pokemon, I can just swap in Stanislaus and Toxic then. Oh, right. And then it's like, okay, bye, bye bud. Now you're just going to die in a few turns from your toxic poisoning. It's the Judge Judy gif where she's just tapping on her watch. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) One of my top gifts as well. Uh, St. John, my clay doll, was like fucking useless in the Elite Four. Sorry. Psychic type. It just like, it didn't do anything. It was so bad. Although psychic ground. Yeah. Do you have ground moves on it though? Do you have earthquake? I gotta get earthquake on it. So Swampert has earthquake and... Oh, okay. Groudon have earthquake, and they're oh, oh, they're God. very they're both very useful. But Christ, you don't need any more earthquake. You don't really need any more ground. <laughs> no, I'm good on ground. Sila, my melodic, nice little Pokemon. Although most of her moves are like buffs, all she has is Surf and Ice Beam. Melodic is a uh, Ludicolo style. Like you want to just have it out there and just soak up damage. Yeah, and then slowly bring down the opponents yep supremion groudon just a heavy hitter like him like him a lot he's got some cool moves so you got to use him finally and you you were into it yeah i wish fire blast hit more often but when it does hit it hits hard i had a debate about putting fire blast on my x plowed and i still chose to keep flamethrower i hate the lack of accuracy it's pretty brutal sometimes it would just like miss like it only has five pp literally sometimes every single one would miss <laughs> well i'm sure groudon can learn flamethrower you can buy that tm yeah i'm sure for eighty thousand coins <laughs> if i had any money i would and then saburo my regice 
who's I'm having a lot of fun with. He's got Icy Wind, which can freeze Pokemon, which is very useful for catching legendaries, I discovered this week. Oh, hell yeah. So I think this is probably my final team. I weirdly like have a couple other Pokemon who are leveled, but like I'm not going to bring in Gardevoir or Wailord. Well, Wailord definitely wouldn't be useful. Uh, no, uh, Gardevoir probably wouldn't be useful either. I think you're looking at my final team here for when we battle, but um, I'm probably going to have to swap out some moves to, to make them a little more interesting. I still have to collect a couple of TMs, if I'm honest. We will discuss this later, but I went to go catch a Pokemon this week, a legendary Pokemon at a top sky pillar, and didn't have enough money to buy the billion Ultra Balls required and sold Jesus, off man. all my what TMs. What happened to you? Oh my God. Cleared house. Didn't I told you about the amulet coin trick I was doing? I'm rich, I got man. the amulet coin. It doesn't, I got it. It doesn't, it didn't give me enough, you know? I've got like 40 Ultra Balls sitting around and I have like 300,000 bucks. I think I th- probably threw 100 Ultra Balls at Rayquaza. Well, let's, uh, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. We're on Victory Road. First in the lineup is a brief break. <laughs> Fuck you. Got you. Uh, saw you. Saw you starting to say Sydney. Welcome back, Joshua, from the break. Welcome back. We are about to go into the Elite Four, starting with that rascal, Sydney. Sydney. Sydney has, like, a little mohawk. A little, like, poof. He looks like a magician. He does look like a dumb magician, and he's got all dark-type Pokemon, whom were no match for my wily Rock'em Sock'em bug, <laughs> Heracross. Yeah, I'm prepared to say that Sydney is the laughingstock of the Hoenn Elite Four. Oh, yeah. Although, I gotta say, his Pokemon are kind of cool. Oh, they're cool as hell. Mighty Ina's kind of a cool-looking Pokemon. He's like a big bad dog. Cacturin kind of sucks. Cacturin's embarrassing. Shrifty's kind of cool. Shiftry. (laughs) You always call him Shifty, which is funny. (laughs) He is Shifty also. Sharpedo's cool as hell. Sharpedo's cool as hell. Absol's sick. I don't really love Absol. I wish like I don't I don't understand. Really? I would have had one on my team if I needed one. I can't wrap my head around Absol's like appendages. It's hook head. What's with the hook and the like bat tail coming out of its butt? Um I think Absol is it. You make me barf. Oh no, it is. I think it's just like it's got giant talons. It's got fucking the hook on its head. I think it just when it le- cuts loose, it's just flinging its whole body all over everything and like flopping around just slicing everything up yeah i get that but none of them were any issue for me no i had blaziken take care of this whole situation with double kick or blaze kick blaze kick that sounds cool yeah isn't it it's a lot of kicking look at my feet you know that it's never quite lost that spirit the blaziken line has a foot fetish yes it's got a foot thing going on next up in the lineup was phoebe now Phoebe, well, a couple of comments. I think the sprite is interesting that Phoebe is like a Hawaiian theme. The sprite is interesting because she's like ghost Hawaiian type. shirt, but ghost. 
type. She's ghost type, but she's like a Hawaiian lady in like a bikini top and like a beach dress. Yeah. Her Pokemon were so incongruous to like what she's all about. Which I thought was interesting. She's got ghost type Pokemon. Her lineup is super boring because she has two duplicates. She's got two Dusclopses and two Banettes and a Sableye. I didn't have anything great to deal with this. Phoebe was a struggle. Was she? None of them have a like big power hitter move, but I didn't either. And most of my Pokemon, if you haven't noticed, are physical attackers. So yeah. most of my moves couldn't even fucking hit him. Chad Smith was my ringer because he's normal, so their ghost moves wouldn't hit him. Oh, nice. Uh, and Fru, Fru Shanti God, you're has so bad at it. ghost... <laughs> has ghost moves that are also super effective against ghosts. But I struggled. I had to use a lot of hyper potions. Yeah, I feel like I have a number of Pokemon who have Earthquake and Surf, and that really got me through this, because Earthquake and Surf both do like quite a bit of damage to all of these Pokemon. The one that really drove me insane was her Dusclops. level 51 Dusclops with Curse. Uh, Dusclops? The Dusclops was crazy, great moveset. Or no, it was the first one. At level 48, Dusclops has Curse, because then yeah. they drop Curse on you right away and like sacrifice their first Dusclops. But then that Pokemon is useless for the rest of the battle, because like, you can't keep it in, or else it just keeps getting cursed. Right. So you have to go in with like a sacrificial lamb at the beginning of your party for the, the battle with Phoebe. I thought it was a cool move. The other one also had like uh, Earthquake, Ice Beam future sight which is a great combination of types and moves like yeah very hard to prepare for this fucking thing and it's got a ton of like hit points yeah the bandits were boring and the sable i was boring yeah yeah they usually just went down in one earthquake for me she did go down it's weird that ghosts are so susceptible to earthquake yeah they can't take physical hits but earthquake like the ground shaking takes them down really hurts them wouldn't they just like you know elevate themselves another 10 feet and it's fine. Well, and like Banette Go is to another dimension. The sprite for Banette is like floating in the air. It's like, how does this thing not have levitate as its ability? Yeah, I mean, I had that problem with Magneton. Yeah, I have that problem with Magneton. Too. I commented about also like that should have fucking levitate. What's going on here? Next up in the lineup, Glacia, who's all ice types. Glacia was a cakewalk for me because again, brick break. But I gotta say, man. I really like Walrein. Its look is kind of cool. It's got great moves. It's got Blizzard. It's also got Body Slam. It's also got Surf. But then it's got this fucking move called Sheer Cold. Yeah. Which seems like it's really inaccurate. It never hit. But when it did hit, it one-hitted my Pokemon every single time. Like, what does it do? I actually don't know off the top of my head. Oh, it's a one-hit knockout move. (laughs) And what's its accuracy? 30%. 30%. I did not get taken down by that. If Sheer Cold hits, it will inflict damage equal to the opponent's current HP, therefore knocking out the target. If it fails, the target is higher than the user's level. Okay, so that's interesting. Despite having an accuracy of 30% listed, Sheer Cold's chance of hitting is independent of accuracy and evasion stats. Instead, it depends on the level of the user and the level of the target is worked out with the following formula. Wow. The level of the user minus the level of the target plus 30% equals its accuracy. So I was, I think for the most part, I was not higher than Walrein because Walrein is level 53. Yeah. So every now and then, one of these things would fucking pop off on me and just absolutely destroy me. 
I like Walrein. I like this whole line. I mean, you heard we talked about Sfeel. I had another comment. What? Glacia has couple of couple of Celios. Celio. 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 <laughs> and that is Joshy, sweetie. Oh, nice. It was time. So it's Feel Celia Walrain. Yeah, this line is good. None of it was a barf, so I couldn't use this line. I wish I could have, man. Oh, Celio is cute. Gosh, look at the look at its little whiskers. Look at yeah. I like this line. It's a good line. Celio's got this like very festive, like bushy mustache and the dumb teeth and like doe eyes. But then like Walrain doubles down on it with this like kind of big ice mane and like giant tusks. It's cool. It's a cool lineup. They got a ton of hit points. They can just obviously lash out. I like it. I like the line. And uh, if I can figure out how, one of these days, one of these days, there's going to be a wall rain. I'm into it. You know who sucks, though, is, um, what's it called? Glalie. Glalie. Yucko. Gross. Gross. What is this thing? Glalie's in You Make Me Barf, right? It must be. I didn't even check, I presume, but like, I wouldn't want one. Anyway, it's so gross to look at. I know that Frostlass, the other evolution that Snowrun can evolve into, is based on Japanese mythology. Mm. We learned this from Dr. Lava. Yeah. That Frostlass is originally the soul of a widow roaming around in snowy mountains, and then she dies and she haunts couples that like venture up the slopes. Okay. Glalie doesn't have anything like that. Glalie is just this gross fucking like snowball. It's sort of like Jason. It's got like a hockey mask on and it's just like black ice under a hockey mask. Yeah. And it floats and it's a snowball. It it sucks. What a gross, dumb looking Pokemon. It's a body made of rock and then it has an armor of ice. So this is like when some asshole bully packs a bunch of ice over a rock and then throws it at you like a snowball and then somebody ends up in the fucking hospital. Due to its horn and teeth, it may be based on the standard Oni or possibly even onigiri aka rice ball okay well i like rice balls and i don't like this one it's also meant to exhibit it's it's meant to resemble a hailstone and the name is a combination of glacier and goalie because it's supposed to be look like it's wearing a hockey mask it's a lot too much that's a, too much going on for a pokemon that we don't care about for an ugly little pokemon next next drake golly joshua <laughs> i feel like you have something to say about drake <laughs> i texted you the other day because i like drake i like his whole thing yeah and this is what i texted you the other day i said if there's any character model in this game that most closely resembles what i have in my head as my vision of mr squirt captain mr squirt from season one right it's drake he's like this oh yeah salty old sailor pirate with like a bushy mustache and a double-breasted like full-length jacket and no shirt underneath it and does he have a peg leg i can't even remember no he's got feet (laughs) this is captain mr squirt uh sea captain's hat god he's cool as hell but then, like, again, like, he's just a dragon-type Pokemon trainer. Dragon-type for some reason. 
Why would yeah. why wouldn't he be something associated with water? I mean, I guess I guess Glacier was water ice, but still like But she looked like a dead like Victorian lady, which yeah. I feel like makes sense. Drake is such a cool looking trainer. He's my maybe favorite trainer that we've ever, ever encountered so far. Yeah. His like little jacket is like whipping in the wind behind him. It conveys itself very well. Even in Gen 3, like 16-bit. That's the best sprite I think I've seen in this gen. Yeah, I think so too. And his Pokemon gave me a little bit of trouble. I think like Shelgon and Altaria were pretty easy to get through. But the two Flygons were a little difficult. But then the the fucking Salamence. The Salamence was was a nightmare. Brutal. Salamence had Flamethrower, which sucks against my Regiice and my... um, well, everything. It's a powerful move. Heracross, even, yeah. Dragon Claw is a heavy hitter. Crunch was great against St. John, my Claydol. And then, like, Fly just sucks because, like, he just flies out of frame every turn. Right. Just when you think you got him. And you can't hit him. They pull me back in. Salamence. Oh, I could get a Salamence on my team. Maybe I'll go hunt one. I didn't want to bring that up. Uh,. I love Salamence. I couldn't have one because it's obviously in a uh, you know a handsome Pokemon. This thing's insane, and I used my Flygon DH Peligro on every single one of Drake's Pokemon, and it was a one-hit KO until the Flygons, and then it was Flygon on Flygon on Flygon, and yeah. I was Dragon Clawing, they were Dragon Breathing, and I did have to Hyper Potion, but I took them all out. Salamence comes out, fucking one Dragon Claw from that thing, and it's faster than Flygon. Dead. Yeah, it's brutal. And then I had to bring out Chad Smith because he has Ice Beam. Thought that might do it. Then it flew, so the Ice Beam misses, lands the fly. Then it fucking Dragon Claws. Uh, it's a nightmare. The yeah, Salamence took out like three of my mons. Mostly the thing that got me through my battle with Drake was. Sila Melodics Ice Beam. Yeah, Ice Beam is how you deal with that thing. So yeah, that's the Elite Four, and we beat them. That was it. Took a while, but and well, I've I have since beaten them about ten times. But same, they're uh, a, a tidy little Elite Four. I was impressed. That was a the best challenge I've had in some time. Like I like what they did here. All of their little outfits and their themes are not what you would expect. I was surprised at how many of my high-level Pokemon were just completely useless. Like, St. John, my Claydol, who's been my darling this entire game, like, just useless against this entire lineup. Oh, yeah, it was the same for me with Frusanti, the Crobat. Once you've made it through the Elite Four, there is, of course, the Elite Fifth, as always. The champion. The champion, who in this case is not Brendan, not Wally. (laughs) Not me. And not May, and it is Stephen Stone, the young, handsome lover of <laughs> the head of Devoncourt. And he looked great. Looks great. We finally saw his sprite. Wow. Yeah. He's fit. Looks great. And his team is pretty good. God, yeah. Mostly steel type or steel combos. Yeah. With the exception of Claydol and Cradilly. Cradily. Cradily. And Armaldo. But it's just all fucking high HP, high defense fuckers. Yeah, you just kind of got to whittle through them. This one was a mess. This is an insanely good team. Yeah, great team. Skarmory, Claydol, Agron, Credily, Armaldo, and Metagross. 
Yeah, and speaking of meta gross, I would say yes, it is <laughs> more like mega gross because it's so ugly. But we'll get to that a little bit later. Oh, okay. I beat him. It took a while. There was some berry I can't remember the name of now that restores PP, and I just had like a billion of those and had to keep like feeding it to my Pokemon between turns to like get any of my fucking moveset back to take on Steven because it was just like obliterated from the Elite Four. But Steven in particular, but all of them are all rich fucks and like they abused they all had citrus berries attached to the pokemon and then oh, also yeah. full restores they just use full restores all the time all the time all the time and it sucked because it was like God. you would do something where it's like you would do an earthquake and it would take one of their pokemon down to like two two <laughs> it's like two hit points and then you're like, oh, well, fine. I'm going to like do Slash, you know, like some throwaway yeah. move. And then they do a full restore and Slash like does like whatever, 10 damage. And it's like, well, fuck. God. I've never seen full restore abuse like this. Pretty brutal. And and it heals all the status effects, too. So it's like the toxic poisons and like the freezing from cold wind. It's like it would undo all of that stuff. Yeah. It sucked. But I did it. Metagross almost got me. Meteor Mash is absolutely nuts super effective on a number of my pokemon plus the psychic combo and then healing all the time i pulled it off but i was in dicey territory it was like i think i had two pokemon not even full health by the end of it but we beat the elite four and we beat steven and then we're invited to the hall of fame brendan slash maid tries to like ride on our coattails yeah one last time and steven's like Excuse me? No. They're like, before you take on the Elite Four, I want to give you some advice. I'm like, uh-uh. I've already beaten them. See where I am? You see who you are and who I am? Did you see their battered corpses <laughs> left in a, a trail behind me? Right. Yeah, he tries to follow you into the Hall of Fame with Steven, and Steven's like, back of the line, scrub. And then your Pokemon are immortalized forever in the database. Devon Corp takes their personal information. Roll credits and wake up in Little Root Town. And here we are back home and go downstairs and there's mommy and there's daddy. They're so proud to see you. Yeah. Daddy's like, here's the SS title ticket, which will give you access to a boat in Slayport City. It's a gift from Mr. Brainy, our old pal. The TV is flickering. You go up to it. You you listen to the broadcast, and apparently there is an unknown, in my case, blue Pokemon. And in my case, an unknown red flying Pokemon. And we will see what that's all about eventually. But first... What to do with this SS title ticket? Joshua, I flew to Slayport City. I got on the boat and I found myself at Battle Tower. Same. Battle Tower sucks and I don't want to spend a lot of time on it. And here's why. No, not impressed. All of my Pokemon, all of my decent Pokemon that I've been leveling this entire game were like level 55 at this point. But the thing about Battle Tower is there's two tiers of battles. It's like um, a Battle Royale. You just keep playing until you lose. Right. But there's two tiers, which is level 50 and level 100. So to enter the level 50 contest, you have to have three Pokemon who are level 50 or under. Yeah. Which sucked for me because all my Pokemon were level 55. Same here. To enter the level 100 contest, 
you have to have Pokemon who are level 100 or lower. Which is confusing. <laughs> All of my decent Pokemon were just a little bit too high for the level 50 battles and way, way, way underpowered for the level 100 battles. Right. So, like, I went into the match just to see what it's about with, like, a scrappy team of, like, nobodies. Like, Ninjask came back, and Wailord was in the mix, and, like, oh, wow. Skarmory. Like, all these Pokemon I didn't quite ever get to level 50. Yeah. And made it a few battles in. I think I beat four or five battles. But they don't give you any XP for this shit. You get prizes? You get anything? I don't know. I only made it four battles in. I didn't do it at all. Once it was like, your Pokemon are too high leveled, I was like, I got some bullshit, but like, my bullshit is like too low of a level that I can even bother with this. And I have a problem with this setup. It's my same problem with like Pokemon Stadium and Pokemon Coliseum, where it's like, you have to be this specific level or lower, and it's this arbitrary range. I think it's dumb, and I don't participate in this, especially because you don't get experience, because if you get experience... You can get overqualified and then you're thrown out of the league. Yeah. So don't bother me with, uh, what's the point of this? I guess like if it was 2003 and like I had to wait a few years for the next Pokemon game to come out and like I just wanted to play more Pokemon, you know? Sure. Battle Tower is a viable option, but like yeah, I got fucking Mystery Dungeon to explore, so I'm out of there. Onward to Sky Pillar, Joshua. Sky Pillar, you get to by swimming east, surfing east from Pacific Pacific Log Town. I think I got it right. And you check if Mirage Island is uh, around, and it's not. not and nope. you go northeast and navigate some rocks, and you come to it. But first, Joshua, you have to make your way back to Maville City and get the fucking mock bike again. Well... Perhaps for you, I made it all the way into the Sky Pillar before I figured that out, but yes. Because there's these crumbly grounds. God, I hated that. There's these crumbly floorboards where you have to mock bike over them at full speed or else they crumble and you fall through to the floor below. And they're set up in such a way that you have to like, it's very tricky. It was a hard puzzle. <laughs> God. And sometimes you have to do a thing where you like wang on the D-pad in such a way that you maintain speed, but you're like, you gotta like weaving through these. God, it was so hard. Bobby and some of his friends have a thing where every Tuesday they watch a movie. And I don't always participate, especially because we usually record on Tuesdays. We didn't this week. This week, they were watching Hannibal, the sequel to Silence of the Lambs. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I haven't seen that. So actually, yeah, I'll, I'll stick around. And I was only going to do the Sky Pillar. It took me the entire movie, which is two hours and 11 minutes long, to go through the fucking Sky Tower and catch Rayquaza. Yeah. And and you know what? An hour and a half, I would say, at least. Hour and a half was trying to navigate these fucking (laughs) cracks with the mock bike. I'm a 36-year-old man, and I just, like, (laughs) couldn't figure it out. I got so frustrated at some point. I was like, am I doing something wrong? Like... I just can't get my bike to go fast enough to make it over some of these cracks. I had to watch a video on the second or third floor, I think, where that one where you have to zigzag. God, it's so hard. Like to hit one and then hit a normal piece and then navigate. I hated it. I hated it. The last one was the hardest because you have to like, you have to do the zigzag navigate thing, but then you have to stop quickly before you reach the end of the lane because the end of the lane you'll fall through and you'll be in the wrong place oh yeah but the middle of the lane if you stop you'll fall through into the right place 
God, it sucked. Yeah, it's the straight shot, and then you have to take a hard right, and if you don't, you sink, and then also if you end up on the end of that, you sink through again, and you have to end up in the two that send you into one spot where you can walk through a door. To find Rayquaza, and we finally found Rayquaza, and Joshua, you thought Sky Pillar was hard. Wait till you try to catch Rayquaza, because I honestly spent maybe, like, hours, 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 hours trying to catch Rayquaza. I sold every TM I had. Oh, my God. That's so dark. All the unused TMs I had to buy Ultra Balls, I used Gardevoir's sleep moves and Regiice's ice moves to put it to sleep and freeze it. It was on the brink of death, and I just threw ball after ball after ball at it and just could not catch this fucking thing. Well, because it uses fucking rest all the time, too. I thought there was some trick. What am I doing wrong? And I looked it up, and it was like, no, you just throw a bunch of balls at it. And finally, after hours of throwing balls at this thing, I finally caught it. And I got Rayquaza, and welcome to the team, Slippy Snake. Slippy Snake. That's a straightforward name. Okay. It's level 70, so it's like, it's never going to be on the team, so I didn't feel like I needed to give it like an elite name. I texted Tanner because I was like, oh, Rayquaza is technically like on the barf list. I disagree, but... I would have liked to have that on my team. I think it's a cool design. And then I was like, oh shit, it's level 70. So no, I did catch it. Yeah. I don't have anybody who can paralyze or sleep with one hit. So my scheme was just X-Plowed, Ice Beam, double super effective and uh, hoping that it would freeze it. And it never did. And I did reset the game. I don't know. Lord knows. Lord knows how many times. Until finally, it happened to work out that I ice beamed, it rested, ice beam again, still asleep, couple ultra bowls, got it. Brutal. Wow. A brutal fight, but welcome to the team, Slippy Snake. Exited Sky Pillar, flew back to Moss Deep City, went to Steven's house because I heard that he had a little gift for me. I did this as well. And got a new little Pokemon on my team. And by my team, I mean in my box, because no way in fucking hell am I ever having this thing on my team, because it's so gross, even though it is S-type, and it's Beldum. And... Bell Smart. What? I think it's Bell Smart. I love that line. Oh, no. So gross. It's so yucky. I think I know what you're about to say. Beldum is my You Make Me Barf Pokemon of the week. Ugh. And so is its entire fucking line. So gross. All of them are so ugly. Cool, cool line. Beldum looks like a security camera made out of rocks. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's true. The other one. That's true. I don't like Beldum, but I think whatever Metagross, the dumb middle one is. With Metang. It's like big. Met- Metanger. Metang. Metang is stupid. It looks dumb. It looks like a fucking drone with arms. <laughs> Which is the one that has like a big X on it? Is it Metang? Metagross. I think Metagross looks fucking kind of sick. Metagross is dumb with its like big metal X on its face. What's wrong with that? It's just dumb. I don't like, I don't think this, I think this line's stupid. And it's Steven's favorite Pokemon. So finally, Steven and I found something to disagree on. Trouble in paradise over here. I like that he gave me Beldum. No other way to get it. And it's level five. No gender. Progressive. That is progressive. I like it. Yeah. But I get it. I can get why you don't like Beldum and Metang. But I think Metagross is cool. They're all gross. <laughs> One last legendary Pokemon that I wanted to hunt down, Joshua, and I tried my best. It's the Pokemon that I heard about on the news report. Yeah. For me, it was Latias. 
the blue, sleek, concord-looking bird Pokemon that is randomly swooping around the skies of Hoenn. And Latios. I encountered it. Yeah. I had to look up how to encounter it, but I encountered it. I encountered it outside of Slayport City, and it ran from me instantly before I could do anything. It fled from the battle. And then I was like, fuck. So I saved and I went back and found it again and tried to catch it and it ran and reloaded the save, tried to catch it and it ran. And I did this a thousand times before I was like, fuck. And I realized I was going to have to train a Pokemon in mean look to trap it from running so that I could catch it. That also is faster than it, yeah. That is also faster than it. And I was just like, Started on that path, and I was like, I just can't do it. I don't have the time or the interest, and I don't think this Pokemon's very cool anyway. So I admitted defeat. I gave up. I'm not into Latios, and I'm not going to catch it. I happened across Latios, and I still have my Master Ball, so I just immediately flung it because I knew that they were like the legendary dogs in Gen 2 and that they just run away. And I, like I said, don't have anybody who can sleep or any of that shit so i just fucking flung it and i got it yeah i didn't have a master ball anymore i can't use it because it looks like a sleek cool concord but i want it i discovered after the fact that it's intended to run from this first battle because then you can use your pokedex to track it yeah and after that it's a more fair fight and you have to have like a level 30 pokemon at the start of your lineup or something i don't know i'm not doing like that. at this point i was uninterested and i didn't want it but like what a bunch of hoops you have to jump through to, to get this dang thing. Yeah. And I didn't. I wouldn't jump through them. I'm not your I'm not your monkey game freak. Well, can I speak on one other thing? Speaking of uh, monkeys and kind of tricksters. And freaks, yeah. I finally got to the bottom of this trick house Okay, that you have shunned, and I think you made the right choice because it's gross in there, and I want to do one final trainer danger and it's for Trickmaster. What did he do to you? How did he hurt you? So I've gone to the Trick House over the course of this season. How it works is basically after every gym, you unlock a different Trick House, and he will have different like traps laid and trainers to fight. And it's like everything from... You have to cut down shrubs or you have to push boulders or you have to do the like rock smash to get through it and then like navigate a maze and you fight trainers throughout. Okay. These are people who are locked in his house. Originally, I was hoping it wasn't that. But once you get around the sixth one, you meet a woman, a young woman who says she heard there was a weird house and she wanted to check it out. Okay. And then she's just trapped in that house she's just there now and each time you make it to the end you find a scroll and it has a code on it and the codes increasingly get deranged they start going trick master is a genius and trick master is my life trick master is huggable and then the final one is Trickmaster I Love. So these aren't even written by Trickmaster because Trickmaster is the object. It's like people trying to send a, a note to him that hopefully he will either release them or make him some sort of, you know, sexual. There's something obviously going on there. It's disgusting, yeah. There's Should I look it up? Horrifying, like hideous music.
Master! This guy's needs to be locked up. You'll be pleased to know, Josh, that I looked it up. And I think you know what I mean by looked it up. No. Yeah. And there is no art of Trickmaster. No, because it's not what anyone consents to. Trickmaster is very bad. Yeah. And I just want to warn you, if you go through this side quest, you're going to be subjected to some psychological horrors. Okay. You do get a bunch of stuff out of it. You get a bunch of weird mail, which I also thought was interesting. Huh. I don't know what the mail's for, and I don't care to look it up. Yeah, I'm not sending mail to fucking people, and I don't care. I'm sure it, like, unlocks some rad thing, like beauty contest. You do get a, uh, you get a nugget and a blue or red. I got a blue tent that I put in my house, in my secret base. Well, that brings us to our parting thoughts, Joshua. It's the end of the season. It's the end of the game. Yes. Wow. I liked this game a lot, and I think the 16-bit upgraded graphics really make the Pokemon shine. A lot of the new Pokemon in this generation were rad as hell. Some of my new favorites are in this group. For sure. I love the new natures. I love the new abilities. Yeah. A lot of cool stuff in this game. A lot of stupid stuff in this game, too. I agree. Lay down, Mainstream Bean. The fact that you have so many rivals, but none of them are your rival is weird. Like, I honestly had no idea who the champion was going to be. Like, was it going to be Wally? Was it going to be Brendan? And it's, like, very unclear why it's Steven. Yeah. I thought you and Steven were buds. He's, like, a trust fund baby or a, a sugar baby. Yeah. Like, why is he so qualified? We've already complained at length about the water. The water in this game sucks. The water roots. That ruined it for me. Aside from the water roots, there's just a lot of backtracking. It felt like a very small map. Yeah. But then every now and then, like, certain places like Fall Arbor Town would be so far flung, and it's just, like, never going back there again. It was imbalanced, and there are a lot of towns like that where it's at least interesting that it's there rather than just being another route. But they don't encourage you to go back to places for an interesting reason other than just, like, you have to go, like, you have to go to Slateport because you have to hear, like, captain stern's press conference but like there's nothing else to do there they don't add a new thing other than just like checking a box yep and then there's all these like weird new features like the tv spots or like the word games or the secret bases which are just like they felt so unnecessary it's just like they they didn't bring anything to the game but I guess, I don't know, they were a novel distraction. I don't know, I like this game a lot but I am, it's, it's definitely not my top game in fact, I think it's, of the three Pokemon games I've played, my third favorite Pokemon game. Yeah, I agree. I think the graphics shine, like, I think the climate and, like, the terrain effects with the dust storms and the rain and the lightning and Groudon and Kyogre stuff is cool. And the towns feel unique, but it's not, uh, it's like window dressing. I'm looking forward to seeing all this cool stuff applied to Kanto again when we play leaf green and fire red that's what it made me look forward to as well so joshua we are now going to cut away to the final bit of this episode which is our level check and our battle i'll see you on the other side after i crush you like the spinner rack you are hopefully <laughs> okay T take it away future josh and tanner Josh, welcome to the end game. It's come to this. This is what it's all been leading up to. You and I recorded the main chunk of the episode that the bug catchers just heard earlier this week. We are here now on Saturday evening. 
We have leveled our Pokemon, some of us literally down to the last minute. Yeah. And we are here to face off, go head to head via Pokemon Showdown for one last Gen 3 Ruby Sapphire battle, Joshua. That's right. Josh, let me ask you a question. We'll find out who's got the scar tissue that I wish you saw. Terrible. <laughs> let me ask you a question. Yeah. Have you ever heard of Sun Tzu? Uh, yeah. The author of um, Art of War? Yes. Mighty. Familiar with his works. Chinese general of a bygone era. Joshua, Sun Tzu had this to say once. Okay. All warfare is based on deception. Mm-hmm. When we are able to attack, we must seem unable. When using our forces, we must appear inactive. When we are near, we must make the enemy believe we are far away. And when we are far away, we must make him believe we are near. Okay. Joshua, I would like to segue into level check. And I would like to tell you about my team. Seems like there's going to be another swap. The third sun has set. <laughs> Made it uh, one episode? Is that the shortest anyone in this late in the game has ever... The shortest tenure, I think? The third sun has set... What was the point of that? <laughs> deception, Joshua. In the great words of Sun Tzu, all war is based on deception. Okay. It was a feint. You were watching what Saburo was doing and not paying attention to what my new leading Pokemon was doing. Is it the fourth sun? Are there more suns? Joshua, Saburo, the third sun has set. And in its place rises Sephora, the first sun, Skarmory. Uh, Sk- you brought back Skarmory? Skarmory is back. This is the, like, season finale, like, soap opera, like, character you haven't heard about for, like, since the second episode. <laughs> You're like, what? Thought they were in a coma. Skarmory has been secretly leveling alongside the rest of Minimax's team the entire time. Shit. Getting ready for this battle. Okay. I had two Steel-type Pokemon on my team, Skarmory and Magneton, and I quietly dismissed both of them hoping that you would look at my team and see a lack of steel type and not plan for it. It throws a wrench. It's a wrench. And then my team, Joshua, Scaraban, Heracross, level 60, Stanislaus, Swampert, level 60, St. John, Claydol, level 60, Scylla, Melodic, level 60, and Supremion, Groudon, level 60. Okay. Groudon made it. Groudon made it. I, I like Groudon. He's got some fun moves. The one legendary... Tips the scales pretty heavily, mm-hmm. but I think I'm not that concerned about it at this point. Okay. It's troubling because it was my great deception. I've been playing a game of deception of my own. Wow. We've got our we've got two Sun Tzus. <laughs> yeah, it's the old double Sun Tzu. Uh, I couldn't live with myself to end the game with slacking on my team. Thank God. That's psychological. I think Sun Tzu had something to say about psychological warfare, too. It was psychological warfare leading up to this. But once you had unveiled your Regice... Oh, and by the way, you think I was going to have a fucking Regice on my team? Disgusting. No way. (laughs) 
Hey, I think my team has ended up looking better than yours at, at this point, against all odds. Uh, that's probably true, but I'm not having a fucking Reggie on my team. Ugh. Although you were shitting on the Pokemon I'm about to reveal earlier in this episode. No, I had to retire slacking. Um, it was a fun ride. But once I, I had it in the Hall of Fame for the Elite Four, and I was like, this can't be my Hall of Fame. Yep. These bazongas can't be up there on the big stage. Nope. It's like obscene. Like parents would <laughs> cry out. Yeah. So I, I was going to sing a song to send them off. Yeah, please. It's Californication, and I was looking at the lyrics to this thing. You've seen the lyrics. <laughs> Very sexual, right? <laughs> Or not? What is it? I don't know the lyrics. I'm not a. I'll remind you, I'm not a Red Hot Chili Peppers fan. I'll just do the chorus so I can say I did it, but. Firstborn Unicorn! Hardcore Slacking! Dream of sack, Slacking of Fornic. No. Dream of California. <laughs> Dream of slacking fornication. That's good. Dream of slacking fornication. I'm not singing these lyrics. Yeah. What'd you say? Unborn unicorn? Firstborn unicorn. The chorus is firstborn unicorn, hardcore, soft porn, dream of Californication. I guess. God, did you see why I, I hate these guys? I would hate, I hate thinking about slacking fornication, by the way. Awful. Which is uh, probably also the theme to Fur Affinity, now that I think about it. Oh, yeah. But it opens with psychic spies from China try to steal your mind's elation. They're so bad. And little girls from Sweden dream of silver screen quotation. And if you want these kind of dreams, it's Californication. What does the first line mean? <laughs> psychic spies from China? Try to steal your mind's elation. Why is that? The second one is definitely Greta Thunberg, and they were way ahead of their time. They were. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, when I look at the lyrics, it's really a mess. It's a mess. So anyway, that is the RIP for slacking Jack Irons out of the band, replaced with a new band member who needed to come out. And it is Dave Navarro. Bad boy. I had to make an exception to the timeline and skip Eric Marshall, I think, whoever that is. Because we got to have Dave Navarro. He was a bad boy. You remember that, Bad Boys? He was in a band with P. Diddy. They were called the Bad Boys, and they had a song that went, down, 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 we ain't. Dave Navarro? Going nowhere. We that, ain't. It's not Dave Navarro. Going nowhere. We can't be stopped now. And we bad boys for life. He was in Jane's Addiction. Yes, it was Dave Navarro. He's also in, he's in Bad Boy for Life. You're right. Lead guitar. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow, what a talented musician. I'm glad he made a presence. He is a presence on the team. I knew I did want to have Dave Navarro, but when I look at the Pokemon and I look at Dave Navarro, I'm like, I could see it. And the Pokemon's Metagross, and it's level 60. Lovely. Yeah. Metagross sucks, and uh, he looks gross. I think Metagross is cool. I've always thought it was an interesting design. Psychic Steel is fucking cool. I'll tell you this, Josh. I'm going to count the number of Pokemon on my team. One, two, probably three Pokemon who can one-hit Steven's Metagross, at least. Yeah, well. When I battled the Elite Four 500 times today. Not this one. 
Okay. We'll see. I got a ton of defense. It's got 224 attack or some shit. It's not bad. And two moves that are super effective on your ground types and what would have been super effective against your ice type, which is now irrelevant. Yeah. But I have Brick Break and Meteor Mash. And both of those are super effective. And I'm going to get one hit KOs, I think, is the bet. This is going to be an interesting little saucy little battle isn't it? Yeah. I don't have a legendary and this is another test to see if like I basically have to have one. But Metagross is effectively a pseudo legendary. Uh it's the attack spread I think is basically the same as Groudon. What'd you say yours was? 224, I think. Oh, my Groudon does have better attack. What is it? 232. Damn it. Anyway, I'm still like trying to avoid that matchup. Yeah. I did rearrange Chad Smith's moveset for Regice, although it will still affect Skarmory, but you remember when I talked about the build that is Sunny Day, Flamethrower, Solar Beam, and Ice Beam? Yeah. That's what I have now. Damn, I gotta get Skarmory out of the fucking mix when that dude comes in. <laughs> it's a disaster for him. Yeah. So anyway, Chad Smith, X-Plowed, 60. DH, Peligro, Flygon, 60. Frushanti, Crobat, 60. Tony Kiedis, Blaziken, 60. Dwayne McKnight, Ludicolo, 60. And Dave Navarro, the newest member of the band. Lead guitar, backing vocals, Metagross. I'm actually happy to see Dave Navarro in there. Makes me very happy. I think you have to, to close out the series. Yep. All right. All right, man. Well, do you want to head over to Pokemon Showdown and do some battling? Any last minute trash talk? Oh, I guess we should tell the bug catchers. We're not going to play the whole battle for you because it's boring audio. So we're going to set up the battles. We might pop in and and do some trash talking or whatever. But for the most part, you are not going to be hearing the battle audio. But we will come back afterwards and recap it and tell you who won. And it'll be a, uh, a best of three, I think. We'll see who gives it away now. We'll see. The loss. <laughs> All right. We'll see you at the end of this battle, bug catchers. Goodbye. We opened it with Ludicolo versus Skarmory, and it's uh, it's been a little bit of a wash. Yeah. Dwayne McKnight took out both my Skarmory and my Swampert, so it's not going well. It's the Leech Seed to Rain Dance, and Giga Drain's quite effective on that bad boy. Okay. Rest of pedals. My strategy is falling apart. Joshua took down three of my Pokemon. Ludicolo took down three of my Pokemon before I got him down. So it's going to be tough riding out from here on, but we'll see. Joshua? Uh, did Claydol learn Earthquake? Uh, apparently Claydol did. Huh. I hate this fucking thing. And what happened? And why, and why is that significant? Uh... Dave Navarro went down in one hit with that earthquake, uh, huh. Metagross, and wow, partially because he's taken everyone's taken hunks of damage because Tanner layered spikes, which apparently I didn't know this. You can throw it out three times, and Skarmory did that. Yeah. So its sacrifice was not in vain because now it is three to three. Great. Because it's taking out like a quarter of their fucking hit points whenever they come out. <laughs> Well, ugh, we're back out of the ring. Joshua, it was a tense battle. You won. I did. But I did whittle you down 
to two Pokemon. I believe you have Frushante, your Crobat, and... Frushante. Anthony Kiedis. Blaziken. Your Blaziken. Yeah. Tony Kiedis did not take the stage. Yeah. It was a tense fight. I came in hard with some spikes from Sephora. I made a miscalculation at the beginning and let Swampert take a pretty damaging one-hit KO. And you took it. You took the first battle. Yeah, it was well fought. There were a couple of twists and turns in there. The number of ground poke- ground moves that you have makes my Metagross not as useful. So I was hoping it would be. You mean because three of my Pokemon have Earthquake? Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> so I had to be pretty careful with that. And the the spikes thing is very devilish. I didn't know about that. If I had any foresight, I could have like... You can do a thing with spikes and with Skarmory where she lays them down and then like you're taunting and protecting and like you can't do any damage or or do any status effects against Skarmory and the whole time she's like laying down spikes so it can be a pretty like devilish little little move set maybe next time but not this time all right let's get into round two fight oh we finally get that mega horn out there after all this time It's been an intense battle. Ludicolo was once again trouncing me, but then my horny boy, Scaraban, came out. Sorry, my horny girl, Scaraban, came out and delivered a huge, devastating mega horn to to Ludicolo. It was a... Just so horny. It was gross. (laughs) It was grotesque. Yeah, it sucked for you. R.I.P. Ludicolo. See who's next. made a huge mistake. I had Heracross out, Fighting Bug, and Josh put in Exploud, and I literally was so dumbfounded that I had to go check my type matchups, because I was like, what does Josh know that I don't? And it turns out nothing, because I took I one hit, hit KO'd him with Brick Break. That was like a big amateur move by me. I don't really know what I was thinking there. Well, I wanted to be able to use Sunny Day and Flamethrower on you, but I forgot that you have Brick Break, so. Yeah. It's uh, four to four. Live and learn. Joshua, we're back. I don't know what just happened to me. Battle two goes to Mini Max. Uh, who? Sorry, I didn't hear that. It was, it was Battle two up. goes to Mini Max. In fact, Mini Max still has three eligible Pokemon alive and on the field. Yeah. For some reason that time there was some there was some pretty brutal something went wrong missed hits you missed a couple of pretty crucial meteor mashes on a Groudon a, a couple of big misses and my Iron Tail from Flygon missed too yeah which is the drawback with both those moves and your Flygon doesn't have any flying moves so my crafty little bug Heracross yeah you've got nothing that's super effective against it Heracross and Flygon went up against each other in the first round but I had enough Pokemon that I could swap it. Yeah, but this time it was Flygon versus Heracross, and there's just nothing really that I can do that is like more than normally effective. Right? Yeah, it is Flygon, but it's not a flying type, and my moves are Crunch, Iron Tail, Earthquake, and Dragon Claw. Oh yeah. So four different move types, but still not a spread for Her- fucking Heracross. All right, man. So this is it. It's one to one. For Shanti, got thrown up against an Ice Beam from Melodic, which was a nightmare. 
Oh, what was the big bad move you did? My mistake, which is probably why I lost, is fucking when I brought out uh, X-Cloud versus Heracross. Mm-hmm. Super effective. That was a bad idea. One brick break. All right, Josh. Not next time. One more battle to go to declare the champion of Ruby and, and Sapphire Gen 3. Yes. It's Joshy's Sweeties. Uh, they're not sweeties, but Joshy has five, and Tanner has three. Dwayne McKnight, once again, Ludicolo, respete to Ludicolo, just fucking... It's nuts. Chewing up my team. I did open with Chad Smith x this time, because I wanted to do the Sunny Day flamethrower setup against the Skarmory, which I did do. And he died in one hit, but... Heracross comes out, and then Heracross got off the brick break, and I didn't swap, which I probably should have, but like, whatever. Yeah. Then I just brought out Ludicolo, and he's letting loose. He is yeah. poisoned because Stanislaus, Swampert's. But he took down Stanislaus, he took down St. John the Clay Doll. And now it's Heracross versus Ludicolo. We're gonna have to see what happens here. It's gonna be interesting. What just happened was a dragon fight wherein two dragons were just clawing at each other. Well, uh, Groudon's not technically a dragon, but yeah. Looks like a fucking dragon to me. Dragon fight. Dragon fight, two dragons clawing at each other. The the better dragon won. I made a mistake of trying to get off a meteor mash while Groudon had used rest and was asleep. Yep. I did get one off, but then it woke up. And then it earthquaked. Metagross. And Dave Navarro yep. passed away. Right. And now I'm down to two. I have Frushanti and Tony Kiedis, and Tanner has three. Anything could happen. Although, Groudon's on its last leg. Anything could happen. All right. It is 1v1. Blaziken. Tony Kiedis versus Scaraban Heracross. This is the matchup I needed, man. Josh, I will admit, has the advantage. Tony Kiedis has 88% health, Scaraban has 100. But obviously I have multiple super effective moves. This is going to be tough, but we'll see if we can pull it off. I might pull it off by the skin of my yellow country teeth. Because it was looking like I was going to lose. Yeah, it's been a tough one. I'll be honest. All right, let's see what happens. All right. It was Art in Motion. Oh my god. Bug Catchers. It was Tony Kiedis versus Scaraban. Tony Kiedis Blaziken had the possibility of one hitting my Heracross. Because I do have Aerial Ace, which is quad super effective there. In the event that he didn't, what I did was did Reversal. Which, if you don't know, it essentially it's more powerful the less health you have. <laughs> that was smart, man. That's a good move for you to have. I will admit... Scareband did a huge hit on Tony Kiedis, and Tony Kiedis is down 18% health. But we were going into one more matchup, yeah. and Heracross is at 20% health, and Tony Kiedis is at 18, and I know that Tony Kiedis is faster than Heracross. And Tony Kiedis has Aerial Ace, which can't miss. So we will... I mean, let's just let it ride. Let's just let it ride. We'll see you in a minute. you go first bug catchers you have quick claw no it's got fucking black belt on i don't understand what just happened 
But catchers, I don't know what just happened. It was a miracle on ice. It's because you swapped in previously. So Heracross is faster than my fucking Blaziken? Scaraban Heracross just did a brick break that was a Hail Mary. I just didn't think. I was like, she will go second. She will never hit. And this match is okay. over. Hell. But instead, she did brick break and she knocked Tony Kitas out. And guess what, Joshua? No. Guess what, bug catchers? I fucking win. Two matches to one. I guess so. I mean, you're walking around with a fucking legendary. Uh, you're just proving that the Mon makes okay. the man, not the okay. man makes the Mon. I almost won with my that own. That was the entire point of the season. Red fucking powerful team. Joshua, I'll remind you that the entire point of the season yeah, was yeah. to determine whether the Mon make the man or the man make the Mon. And now we know that when someone who is incapable of playing <laughs> Pokemon very well puts together a super OP, powerful, S-tier, S-plus tier Pokemon team, they can defeat a lifelong Pokemon fan and battler. By 20% health. By 20% of one Pokemon's hit point. Joshua. Fuck you. What a matchup. The podcast is over. <laughs> this is the last episode. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm not going to give up now. Now it motivates me for every other season to actually be fucking bad, Josh, and crush you like the Spinarak you are. That came down to the fucking last few hit points. <sighs> what a fucking battle. That was insane. It would have been satisfying even if I had won. Yeah. Some would say it would have been more satisfying. Some might. <laughs> yeah. Not me. What a, a hell of a battle. Joshua, what a hell of a season. We started the season by battling against our friends at Pokesports, and I took the day. Well, not against Mike. The experience share crown. But I took the experience share crown, which was surprising. But, you know, I'm building a team that's meant to, to win. So not that surprising, right? Yeah. Then you came back hard when we were battling Fanula from Bandwagons. Yeah. You came back in a big way, defeated both me and Fanula, right? Yes. But now, Joshua, when it matters most, the season finale, Minimax wins. Yeah, yeah. Respecte. Respecte. Minimax is the champion of season three of Experience Share of Pokemon podcast. Joshua. Oh, give it away. What a journey. Give it away. Give it away now. And that's exactly <laughs> what you did, didn't, didn't you? Yeah. Bug catchers, thank you for joining us today. My name, as always, has been Matanger, yeah, aka Tanner Greenring, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host Ray Quasash, aka Joshua Fiel. Said, please join us next week for the start of an interstitial series wherein we play Pokemon Mystery Dungeon, Pokemon Mystery Dungeon Red, Red Rescue, Rescue Team. Team. Unclear how long this little interstitial series will last. Probably four or five episodes. I think it's like, Seems like a twenty-hour twenty game, game. So we'll yeah, we'll do four or five hours a week. Play along if you want, and we will see you after that for Pokemon Fire Red Leaf Green, our first remake. And for that, we will be doing Nuzlocke, both of us, and we will make our own modification to it. House rules. We'll do the baseline stuff but there are a bunch of house rules and i think we'll have our own house rules because like 
we're also a couple of people with full-time jobs, families, and... Yeah, and we're trying to make an entertaining podcast, too, so... Right, so we're not gonna... We're gonna come up with something that is still interesting and very different from what we've done when we've had to be in Kanto previously. But we're not gonna go so extreme that we're only using potions to recover and shit. Yeah. For one thing. Yeah. Uh, Joshua... Well, I have... One other announcement. What, you have something to say? I rewatched Porco Rosso. Oh, yes. We got a lot of comments on Twitter and the subreddit. Yes. Tell them, King. A lot of pigheads coming in and saying they love Porco Rosso, and not only is it not the worst Hiyao Miyazaki film, yes. but that it's one of the best, if not the best. And I rewatched it. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. That thing you said, Buckcatchers, is ridiculous. It still sucks. We're doubling down on this. It sucks. <laughs> it's, it, okay, here's one thing I'll say. The environments are beautiful. I mean, obviously, it's... Sure, it's a Miyazaki yeah, film. of course. But the aesthetic of, like, the, you know, post-World War One like, Europe. Beautiful. Seaplanes. Beautiful. Beautiful shit. Wine. Like, relaxing. You know me. I'm a dad. On a beach. Love 1917. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Which is funny that our episode about that, like, happened to have both, like commentaries featured world <laughs> war one anyway uh, here's my problem with this the pig porco rosso has a fight at the end with the american dog fighter where they are specifically fighting like one of the trash talk terms is who's less of a womanizer like they're fighting over who's less of a womanizer yeah that's number one yeah porco rosso is a misogynist porco rosso is a big misogynist and second of all, and this is several things in a row, and I know every movie doesn't have to have this like clear-cut conclusion, but correct me if I'm wrong, because Tanner, I know you watched it recently as well, coincidentally. Not coincidentally, but, because of our friend David's podcast. Oh, Blank, blank Check. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. But what I remember not liking about it like a decade ago when I saw it is that when you get to the end, you never find out why he's a fucking pig. It's like implied it's a curse. Yeah, I know why he's a pig, because he's a misogynist. That's true. <laughs> he's always been a pig. It's just now it's physical as well. Uh, he, he doesn't take Fio Piccolo under his wing, the young woman who uh, wants to like be free and like make her own fucking name. Because he's a misogynist. And you don't even find out if he ends up with that woman, Gina, the like who's in love with him for some reason. And there's a bunch of questions, by the way, that I have about how everyone in this world is very sexually attracted to a pig man. And no one's talking about that. Yeah. So, yeah. the ending's bullshit. That's fucked up. Porco Rosso, still... It sucks. It's, it's, a, it's shitty a shitty movie, and fuck all of the you. the realm of Hiyao Miyazaki. It's still good, you know, on its own. It's a shitty movie, and fuck all of you, and thank you for listening <laughs> and subscribing to the show. Yeah. And following the show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and Stitcher and everywhere else you listen to the show. Yes. You're our... Couldn't do it without you. Beloved and cherished fans, and we, we love having you here, even if your take on wrong. Miyazaki films is so wrong. And because we love you as fans so much, we are back on the sticker game. If you give us a tweet, oh, yeah. maybe it's your favorite episode, a moment you like, give us a tweet, give us a DM with an address. We're going to send you stickers. We got a fucking backlog of the season two ones. We got season three ones now. Listen. We'll send you a sticker no matter what, because we're generous men. Yeah. And we've got a shitload of stickers. But if you do something to promote the show, 
That's even better. We love that. If you DM us and you're like, give me a sticker, dickhead, and put your address in, we'll just send you a sticker. We're not going to say no. But if you tweet about the show and say, hey, this is my favorite Pokemon show and I love it, please download it, everyone who follows me. Yes. That's even better. Yeah. For us. That's good for everyone involved. Not going to lie. Because you look like you have really good taste to all of your friends and followers, and we get more followers and listeners, so... Yep. Seems pretty good. You get a sticker. Joshua, hell of a season. Gotta say, went out with a bang. Loved how it ended. Yeah. Blockbuster season. You proved your point, I guess, but it's never gonna happen again. I'll see you next week for the first leg of Pokemon Mystery Dungeon. Bugcatchers, thank you for joining us. Smell you later.